first of all, just your, just your reaction. I mean, we know that um, Dame Barbara was ill, but um, how are you feeling about it? I think probably like most people, Barbara has been a part of everyone's life for such a long time and, and been around, you know, everyone's imaginations for so long. We grew up watching her on the TV and the carry on films and, and all the other things that she did, uh, you know, uh, variety shows, game shows, talk shows, all that stuff. And then of course, EastEnders. And whenever somebody who's been a constant in your life has goes, then I think you feel it, you know, and I can't quite believe that, that it's happened. I mean, we have seen, sadly, that she's had this quite slow and difficult demise because of Alzheimer's, which is a horrible thing. But I still can't quite believe the news that she's, she's actually, actually gone. And as, as I'm sure so many people can't, can't quite believe it. No, absolutely. I mean, I worked with her uh, probably about, certainly around five or six years ago, actually. And I know she, I think she was diagnosed with it around that time. So she probably knew about it. Um, but, you know, even then, you know, it's not that long ago. She was, she was bright. She was breezy. She was making programs with us for, for Radio 2. She was standing in for Elaine Page on, on Sunday, on a Sunday afternoon. You know, she was still working. She's doing all sorts of different things. There was no sign of it, certainly, you know, at, at that point. So although you say it's quite slow, in, in my mind, it feels quite quick in a way because actually it wasn't that long ago that she was being this bubbly bright thing that she always was do you know what I mean actually yes that is a good point because I think the thing about Barbara which I think everybody could tell anyway um, whether you were watching her through your tv or you met her in person or you were lucky enough to work with her like I was and you were um, Barbara's energy and her you know just kind of passion and uh, element of fun and excitement um, she was this kind of firecracker that came onto the set and you know cranked the energy levels up you know 10 times just because she had that vibrancy about her and she was one of those people who you know was bright and up and uh, connected and very engaging and engaged with everybody um, so you knew she was in the room you know she was one of those people without you know, kind of, you know, adversely taking over or trying to take control. You just knew she was there because she had this kind of energy and this vibrancy about her, which was very, you know, very contagious and, and, and just lovely to be around. Yeah, no, and, and the, the things that I did, we, we did this thing called Funny Girls. It was Barbara Windsor's Funny Girls. And it was about uh, various people, but the, the two I remember working with her on, we were doing documentaries about Hilda Baker and about Hattie Jakes. And, you know, yes, she had a script and all the rest of it she had to go, but she, she wanted to go off every, every now and again and give us her, you know, her take on these people. And, uh, you know, that was brilliant. So she gave us something extra, because a lot of the time you make documentary, radio documentaries, and people come in, they read a script, whatever, but she was very much, you know, she wanted to personalize it and make it, make it her own, which was great. The other thing was, she took us to her afternoon tea at the Langham, which was brilliant, um, really nice. And then uh, we went and had a chat in, in a local pub kind of thing. Um, but she wasn't, you know, she, obviously everyone knows who she is and everyone wants to come up and talk to her. And you think to yourself, God, you've been around so long, you must get fed up with this sometimes. I mean, you've been in the public eye yourself. You must be, sometimes people do get fed up with it. But not her. She was, we were sat there in the pub, we were having a private conversation. People would come up. She'd go and sit with them for a bit and talk to them about other things. You know what I mean? 
And that, that is a measure, I think, of a true star that can do that. I mean, I know Kenneth Williams was a star and legendary for, for saying fuck off or whatever every time he met him. Yeah. But do, do you know what I mean? I think, I think that was a measure of, of true star that they, they still respect their, you know, their, their fans. And I think she always, she always knew that they were important, didn't she? Totally. And I think what, you know, Barbara did love people and people loved her. And, you know, Barbara loved gossip. And I don't mean salacious gossip. She liked to sit and chat. And, you know, I remember when I joined EastEnders, um, you know, I was only 23, uh, 22, 23. And I don't mean it's in a bad way, but there's this kind of assumption if you were a young actor on EastEnders in the 90s, you'd probably done a couple of commercials, a bit of Grange Hill and and then you got cast. But I'd actually had the, the good fortune of doing theatre for kind of three or four years. Uh, and I'd worked in rep and I'd been an acting ASM and those things. And, and Barbara and I got chatting one day and when she found this out, she loved it. And she said, oh, you must know uh, this director or you must know this producer or did you see that show when it came into the Western? And I'd say, yes, I did. And she'd say, well, you know what he's doing now. You know what she's doing now. And she just loved talking about the business and people and who was doing what and having a good gossip and putting the world to rights and all that kind of thing. And I think it didn't matter who she was talking to. She could talk to someone she just met in the street about them, or she could talk to someone in the business about Theatre Royal Plymouth or whatever, you know, she'd just, she'd just engage on the right level with the right person. And she just loved to chat and gossip and know about people and talk about people. And, and that's what, you know, kept her, kept her alive and kept her going. She was just very connected and just liked to I suppose, I suppose kind of no, nosy in a good way, you know. She just loved to know what was going on and chit-chat to everybody. Indeed, and of course you're, you know, you're known um, for a lot of people for, you know, being in EastEnders. But I know that obviously your work has stretched uh, for many, many years into theatre since EastEnders and, and before EastEnders, as you mentioned. And of course Barbara was very much uh, a theatre person for many, many years. And, you know, there's her work with Joan Littlewood, her work, of course, with... Um, with Lionel Bart. So she was very much part of that mix, wasn't she? Um, and, and some fantastic stuff that she did, absolutely brilliant. Just reflect on that a bit, because I know you're a, you're a theatre person and you'll know a bit about that. What, you know, just say, tell us about, you know, she, she had a big career in the theatre at one time, didn't she? Yeah, I mean, Barbara's theatre background was, was, was enormous. And actually, uh, you know, when she was uh, emerging um, as this, this, this talent in cinema, it really come from that improvisational um, community type theatre out of Stratford East with Joe Littlewood, which of course brought us so many wonderful actors like Victor Spinetti and Dudley Sutton and Brian Murphy, Youth of Joyce, or Tony Palmer, because I, 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 Tony Palmer, um, you know, will be very sad today to lose Barbara because they were uh, best pals and they were dancers at Danny LaRue's club. And I remember Tony and Barbara on one occasion when I was lucky enough to be out with, with them um, talking about, you know, being in those review shows that Ronnie Corbett was in them and uh, uh, Amanda Barry was in the ensemble with them. But, you know, they'd be in a West End show, they'd go to the club, do a cabaret, stay out and have a drink, go back to their flat and then get up and do it all again the next day. Um, and Barbara, you know, really came out of that variety vaudeville kind of background and then 
had some really good legit successes as well. You know, she went, I think I'm right in saying she went to Broadway with um, Oh, What a Lovely War with Joan Littlewood. Um, you know, she did the the Thrutney Opera with Vanessa Redgrave. Um, you know, she had some real big, big hitters. And I remember in the in the kind of late 70s, early 80s, when I was um, a young, uh, you know, a child and a teenager who's becoming interested in theatre, she would invariably be doing the big tours. She was Miss Adelaide in Guys and Dolls. She played Kath in um, Entertaining Mr Sloan, you know. And these would tour and they'd come to venues near me. And I would get an enormous thrill in seeing her work on stage. I've got to tell you, um, her playing Kath in Entertaining Mr Sloan, it was one of the most amazing things I've, I've seen because it was everything you'd expect about Barbara, but there was this real kind of depth and this darkness and these ugly kind of Joe Orton twisted characters, you know. And she had all of that available to her as an actor. She had all of that. She could do all of that. Yeah, she was exceptionally versatile. Wasn't wasn't the first thing she was um, sort of where she was really noticed was uh, Sparrows Can't Sing. That was the thing, main thing, wasn't it? She was noticed the film Sparrows Can't, Can't Sing. Yeah, and again, I don't I don't want to be quote I don't want to get I don't want to get this wrong, but I think that had developed as a stage piece, which then I think got um, adapted for for the cinema. And Stephen Lewis, of course, from on the buses, he was one of the writers of that of that, you know. Um, and, and people like Roy Kinnear were in it and Brian Murphy and Youth of Joyce, as you say. So the great right. cast, great cast. And, and and the, the, very, they'll be repeating that, I'm sure, on Talking Pictures soon. <laughs> I'm sure they will. And, and really, I think I was just saying, actually, to, 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 my, to, to a friend of mine, you know, I think, I think Barbara was only like 23 or 24 when she made that. And it's almost like her Rita Tushingham moment in Taste of Honey. It's, it's, it's not overly intellectualized as a performance but it's very raw and real and she's got all of this passion and again I use this word vibrancy about her I suppose it's charisma it's screen star quality and those characters they're all very real you know particularly for someone like me who grew up in Essex East London and was surrounded by all those types of people um she's the first time really all those kind of proper London feisty young women who were in this age that was changing it was the 60s and there was the pill and and your husband might get nicked and end up in prison and you you left to fend on your own in this in this kind of very hostile kind of world um she had a kind of command of all of that stuff which um you don't see a lot you know you don't see that a lot um, and we certainly saw something very different and very new in, in early 1960s British cinema, I think, with Barbara's performance in Sparrows Can't See. And she was, of course, a real EastEnder. You know, she knew some of the, well, notorious people down the line, didn't she? She'd tell interesting stories about the Cray Twins and others. Um, she, she was a real EastEnder, wasn't she? And, of course, that, that came out in a lot of the things she did. But in terms of the carry-ons, which I, I think most people, well, people of a certain generation will remember her from the carry-ons, I think the first one she was in was Carry On Spying, I think, if I remember rightly, uh, which was, she hadn't quite, at that point, become this sort of buxom sort of, you know, kind of, you know, Dolly Bird kind of character. It was quite a serious part, actually, you know, if I remember rightly. Serious for a Carry On. I mean, you know, nothing serious in the Carry Ons, but it was quite a slightly different part. Uh, but of course, you know, she wasn't in 
she wasn't, it wasn't in as many as, um, you know, Kenneth Williams or Sid James or whatever, but she was in about, I think, around about 10, I think. But she, that was enough to establish her because of her character as one of the main carry-on stars that you always think of, wasn't it, really? You know what I, mean? I think that's right. I mean, I think what she did was very clever because she was original and it's easy now to kind of think of a lot of other people that kind of did the same kind of act. But Barbara really did do it first. There was this sense of, you know, sexuality, which, you know, I've heard people have this argument, which is, you know, you look at Italian cinema in the 1960s and 70s, and they were doing this, you know, beautiful, sexual kind of stuff. We had the carry-ons, you know, and our sex symbol was were people like Barbara Windsor. And, and Barbara was very clever, though, because you look at those roles that she played, and yes, there might be sticking the boobs out, and yes, there might be this kind of blatant sexuality, but they're intelligent characters and 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 Sid James never comes off that well you know it's 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 the female characters that have got the brains and the broad and they go out and get what they want and they use all of their assets to do it you know and what I love about that is again Barbara had brilliant wherewithal because she could flutter her eyelashes stick her boobs out do that laugh use her blatant sexuality but all the time there's this real intelligence going on behind it it's not just page three this is this is a clever character who's trying to get what she wants and and always ends up the victor you know you're absolutely right but of course i'm sure it's going to be shown over and over again in the next few days um the famous carry on camping scene which lots of young boys uh well i say young boys men of a certain age remember being a a special moment as as a young boy (laughs) i mean it's a legendary scene isn't it a legendary scene Perhaps today it wouldn't be seen as PC and all the rest of it, but you know it it's um, it, it helped put the carry-ons on the map for many people, and also um, established again a new following, another following for Barbara, didn't it? Yeah, and I think that you know uh, television had a lot to do with that because when I was growing up, um, you know the carry-on films were on TV all the time. I know they are now. On, on a lot of the um, kind of cable channels. But when a carry-on came on on a Sunday afternoon or on a Christmas Eve or whatever, it was quite a big deal. And you would sit down, even if you'd seen it before, it would be exciting because carry-on camping was back on again. And and we, as kids, didn't necessarily know the names of the actors, but you knew the stock characters and you wanted to see the one that Barbara was in, the one that Kenneth Williams was in, the one that Charlie Hawtrey was in, you know. Um, and so what was just brilliant for me was when I got to work with um, Barbara, um, you know, as we became good work friends and you, of course you sit around with Time to Kill, I used to talk to her about stuff and say, so tell me about such and such or, or you know, what, what was Hattie really like? And, and, and she, would, she would love to chit chat about all those um, those days, some quite saucy stories as well, you know, and it would be, it would be brilliant. I, I, loved, I loved all that. Um, opportunity to really talk to her about that stuff. Yeah, and she took all of that in her stride as well, didn't she? She, she, you know, the, the whole those naughty scenes and things. She knew what it was about. She understood it. She, you know, there's no issues with Barbara. She, you know, she got it. She got what people, why people liked it, and all the rest of it. She, she understood that. Um, and as you're right, you're right about the stories she told. Because I remember when I, I met her a few times, you know, she was talking quite a lot. Of, if I remember rightly, about 
stories about Fenella Fielding, and she always had something to say about Fenella Fielding. I don't... <laughs> there is quite a famous story that fans will probably know, and I'm not going to be the one to repeat, but yes, that was one of her favourite uh, yes. stories, poor old, at, at the expense of poor old Fenella. We only lost not long ago, actually. It was about a year or two, year or two ago, Fenella. That's right, yeah. So yeah, yeah no, the carry-ons that we, we remember fondly, and they're all on ITV3 this Christmas, one after the other, so you, it's plenty of time to... To, to watch Barbara but yeah so she eventually landed the role a, a huge role in EastEnders and a very different role and I remember thinking at the time just because I knew her from the carry-ons I wonder how she's going to do this you know we, we all know her as this this carry-on star and you just don't think of her in a different role um and but you know it was amazing she she took to Peggy she made Peggy her own she made that character completely different to anything else that she'd she'd done before and you met her or you would have been working with her in the early days of her playing Peggy really because I think she started what 93 94 and you were there from what 96 time kind of thing just describe to us what what it was like working with her and some of the things that I mean you had several quite a lot of scenes with her over time didn't you you had moments in the in the pub and where you I think you had to make a, a speech in the pub at one point if I remember rightly and she was a little bit sort of frosty about the Tony and Simon relationship she wasn't she the character was and I think Barbara wasn't too happy about that was she because she she's very positive about LGBT things and that she was worried about that wasn't she so tell us a little bit about uh, a little bit about that we'll be back after a quick break you still loading them and heating them up with all your single shit you've been dropping you feel me loading them up on it, it only takes structure and, and you know just paying attention to the climate of the game yeah. Nah, I mean. So do do your homies uh got a role in your in your little? You mean? Yeah, yeah. We all we all artists over here, man. I'm trying. Oh, yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to get them on there. Yeah. We all artists, man. We go. You feel me? We gonna have this like. Me and my man, like me and my man Kyle, we be like, I don't know, we play, we play with this shit. I gotta lie, we play with this shit right now for for. I gotta lie. Don't play with it. Take that shit seriously. Well, I, I think if I get my timeline right, um, I think she'd gone in and then she came out for a bit and then she went back in a bit more permanently. But she hadn't been in back in. They restyled her a bit and I think allowed her to be a bit more Barbara Windsor with the character, actually, um, which was a good thing. Um, and she hadn't been there all that long before I came in on like what I call like her permanent you know, residency. And I remember my first day, I was in a scene with her and Ross Kemp and Martine McCutcheon and myself, and it was a backstage, uh, the backstairs of the Vic type scene. And I was very nervous, you know, but they were all very welcoming and very lovely. But when I got to know Barbara, you know, over those first few weeks, because we were in quite a lot of stuff early on, um, everyone used to congregate in uh, either the... Uh, the runner's office or the costume department that seemed to be the kind of hangout and I remember going into the runner's room because they used to put all the scripts in your pigeonhole we happened just to be there at the same time getting our scripts and she said to me you know how uh, how do you think it's all going and I said well it's all right and I said I think it's a bit overwhelming isn't it and I remember her being very honest and saying well if it's any consolation darling I've been doing this for I don't know four 
30, 40 years at the time, whatever it was. And she said, I find it all overwhelming still. Um, and she sort of said, you know, well, on top of it, I'm, this is Barbara Windsor doing something very different. And she said, so sort of don't worry, everyone's got as their moments where you think, what the hell am I doing here? And um, she said to me, has anyone kind of given you any feedback? And I said, well, no, not really. She said, well, good. Assume that that means you're doing okay. When, when, when something's wrong, they'll tell you. But in the meantime, just keep, just keep doing it. And I thought that was really sweet of her to really give me that time of day and sort of say, you know what, I feel as weird about it as you do you know, a lot of the time, and I'm just hoping for the best, and I'll just keep doing it till somebody tells me to stop, you know. Um, but just being around her um, was slightly overwhelming, um, in the same way that, you know, I walked onto that set and you with Pam St. Clement, and uh, June wasn't there actually when I started, but she came back onto the show. Um, you know, but all, all of these experienced older actors, it was quite overwhelming, but it was also reassuring because you did see them struggle sometimes because you know you're not if we're honest on a soap you're not always doing your best work but you're trying to because of the constraints and the time and all of that and so what you have got as a young actor is the ability to look around and see everyone's in the same boat and you've got Tony Caunter and you've got Gavin Richards and you've got Barbara Windsor um, and Mike Reed who are really good at this and they know what they're doing but they still have their moments where you just go hang on a minute am I what scene am I in what am I doing you know and Barbara was always very honest about that and very open having said that she was always on time she knew her lines she knew everybody else's lines you know there was never any question of her professionalism and she would get a little bit cross sometimes if other people weren't quite on the ball you know you'd all be forgiving but she expected everybody to step up and and deliver um but I got to know her because our storylines were intertwined quite a lot um and I socialized with her a lot I mean I think we all socialized quite a lot in those days it was quite a happy family on on the show between 96 and the end of 99 when I I left and there was a lot of hanging out and Barbara was very good socially as a social matriarch as the same way that she was a good onset work matriarch, you know, and, you know, I have a few too many drinks with her at Joe Allen's and she'd say, I'm going to get Danny to come down or I'm going to get Biggins to come down and Amanda Barry would come down. And you'd have these very camp, very funny, lovely nights where um, you just have fun and hang out. And I think it was a good time it was a good time in general for British kind of TV and soap and sitcom and all that stuff in that kind of mid to late nineties era. And everyone would just hang out and have a really, really good time. And she was very much part of that social aspect as well. She, she wanted everyone to, to feel included and have fun. And um, she was very good at all of that. And I, I remember that very much as, as much as the work really. Yeah. And of course, um, I remember a couple of other people from EastEnders that I spoke to in the past um, talking to me about, you know, occasionally you'd get situations where uh, Barbara, um, her role would be, you know, uh, on set and other people would come in. So maybe Eunice Stubbs or um, Anna Karen or people that she knew of. And um, you'd, <laughs> you'd, you know, there'd be, there'd be a bit of downtime or whatever and they'd be there having a real good gossip about the old days, you know. 
and some of the stories they would come out with of, of what it was like back in the day, you know, working with some fabulous people, you know what I mean? So, you know, she's always, I mean, you mentioned earlier on about some of the stories she had. You know, do you remember some of the things, other things that she said, any funny things that she said, things that sort of um, you'll always remember about, you know, her telling you or you thinking actually, yeah, I'm here playing this part with Barbara Windsor as Peggy Mitchell, but actually, you know, every now and again, you're thinking, you know, there's a flashback here to somebody who's been around a long time and is connected with so many people over the years. Well, you do have that. You do have one of, every once in a while, as much as you'll be chit-chatting and she'll be saying, how's your mum? How are the dogs? Um, how, was your, how was your weekend? Um, you know, like you do at work. And then she might say, oh, did you see such and such is doing, like I said, talking about kind of the shows and, and various actors that, that, that we might both, both know. Um, but yeah, there were those moments where you'd think, gosh, I'm actually on set with this person who's been on set with, you know, all these famous people and worked with all, all, all number of, of, of people. Um, but I think one of the reasons that we got on was because was I was always quite, dare I say, I was always quite, quite on the ball and, and, I, and I, um, I, I didn't drop lines very often and uh, was always quite well behaved. But I tell you a funny story. There was, I had quite a big scene and it was in the Vic and I, I, I might be remembering, remembering this wrong, but I think it was my first Duff Duffer and it was going to be a big close up. And I remember it was the last scene we were shooting in the Vic before lunchtime. And as is their way, of course, all the technical people were like, come on, 10 minutes and then we've got a break for lunch. So we need to get this, get this done. And it was quite, it was quite a big thing or something that I had to do. I can't remember. And Barbara was sort of, she was off camera just behind the bar in the Vic, I think just perched on a stool, you know, looking at her script or whatever. And this director had sort of said to me, come on, Andrew, I need you to do it. And I just said, you know what? I don't ask for much, but this is quite a big deal, this scene. So can everyone just take the pressure off for five minutes? And if we're, if we're five minutes late going into lunch, I just want to make sure we do a, a good job. And it was very unlike me to sort of say anything like that. And the director kind of went, oh, 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 oh all right, then, sort of thing, and went off. And a couple of people, there are a few extras in there, and they sort of looked. And no one said anything. And I thought, oh, God, I haven't spoken out of turn, have I? And there was a little pause. And this little voice from behind the bar went, oh, get the madam. And it was, <laughs> and it, and it was Barbara. Um, but I looked at her, but she gave me a kind of little nod and a wink as if to say, that was all right that you did that. It was all right that you did that. And don't let them kind of, you know, try and put this pressure on you. And I did this and we got this, you know, close up or whatever. And then we break for lunch. And as we were coming off set, I remember she just put her arm around me and she went, good job, good job, she said, you know. And I think, again, it was nice that someone who'd been around a long time who understood that moment. And I was like 24 and I was like, oh my God, I just don't want this pressure. She made it okay. She said, that's okay. You don't do it very often. You're not rude. You didn't do it in a bad way, but you, you, said, you said what you wanted to say and it was okay. So I remember that quite clearly. Um, and if you're trying to get carry on gossip, I think, I don't know if I can tell any of the story, <laughs> stories really, because um, they were all quite, quite saucy. And I did ask about her and Sid and things like that, you know, um, because around that time it was when the Core Blimey play, I went to the first night of it at the National Theatre. In fact, I went with name drop, I went with Dillis Lay, um, who was also a friend. And we sat in the front of the circle 
and Barbara was down in the stalls. And the most bizarre thing was seeing Sam Spiro come on and do that wonderful performance as Barbara and all of them. I and mean, it was a wonderful night to hear Barbara's giggle in the audience laughing at that stuff. Um, you know, and Dillis sort of nudging, going, that's true, that happened, that happened, you know, that's, or, or that would never have happened, you know, this kind of thing. So I, I just remember all these things that happened to, to me as a young actor was just, just lovely, really. And um, I'm very pleased. And all the years afterwards, when I'd bump into her or I'd see her or, you know, I did have a cup of tea with her and Scott, you know, um, once or twice and just lovely. She was always... So but the last time I saw her at a carry on signing thing, because I had two other friends who were actors uh, who were at it, it was at the cinema museum. And I said, I'd go along and just lend a bit of moral support. And Scott was there with Barbara and Barbara saw me straight away and waved sort of from the table and we left her to it. And I left my friends to it. And I just sat with Scott and we nutted for an hour or so and, was lovely you know and then and I think you know if 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 you if you were mates you were mates and that was it you know she wasn't gonna suddenly forget you because you weren't working together or whatever I mean she you know this is a cliche people use this a lot about certain people you know they were national treasures in this instance she was a national treasure um do you think she realized that do you know what in all honesty yes I think she did because she was very good at that you know, she was good at being that that national treasure. She was good at playing Barbara Windsor. And we all loved her for it. And so she was happy to play it. I don't mean when she was aware of it, it made her smug or overly knowing. But she knew that role. And she loved it. And we loved her for it. And she played it to the hill. And bloody good luck to her, you know. And if that means national treasure or icon or whatever you want to call her she was happy to take the mantle she was like yeah I'll do that because I'm I'm happy to play that and I know how to do it and I think when people have that ease about them it's okay that they have that kind of awareness do you know what I mean an awareness in a good way um and I think she loved it I think she loved it and she loved it because we loved her you know and she was of course recognized you know and became dame Barbara Windsor, and I know she loved that day, didn't she? She you could see it that she she really enjoyed being at the palace. Absolutely. I mean, it's it was clearly meant a lot to her. Um, and like I say, good luck to her. You know, she 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 deserved it. She worked hard for it, and um, she never let it she never let it drop. You know, there there are people that I think have periods, and then they kind of step back because they don't want it anymore, or they they feel like they've had their moment. She just kept, you know, doing the, the recreating the new version of Barbara and the new version of Barbara and the new version of Barbara that had all the elements of everything we knew and just took it into the next the next generation, you know? Absolutely, because you know, we, we started this conversation just saying that, you know, for people of a certain age, namely ourselves, she you know, she's that iconic carry-on character to an extent, because that's what we grew up watching. But now to a whole new generation who don't really know the character, she's very much Peggy Mitchell, you know, and, and actually it's, it's interesting so far in the headlines that have come out and the, the things on the TV and radio, and whatever, so far, who, who leads with her being a carry-on icon and who leads with her being an EastEnders soap icon? And it's probably related to whoever's writing the material because of their memories of, you know, of her as, a, as, as an actor, you know what I mean? But she, I think that's right. But, but 
what she appears in a movie that's not a carry on that we all grew up watching. You're going to get this because you'll you, you'll know what I'm talking about. But it's a film that's on all the time, and every nearly every kid you know will grow up and discover it, and she's in it. Not in a big role, but she's in it. What film am I talking about, Ashley? Is it a musical? She wasn't in Oliver, was she? No. But you're in the right. You're in the right territory. Um, so there's another one you... set, in, set in London, kind of thing. No, not specifically. No, actually. Um, no, sorry. Go on. I'm not going to get. She's it. in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Oh right, of course she is. Yeah, she, she's the lady in the fairground. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I love that because that that's again is a, is a very um, you know it's one of those films that kids discover and they all know and they love it. And uh, in those supporting roles, you know, you've got Benny Hill as the toy maker. You've got um, uh, you know various faces and names that you would know and recognise. And in that fairground scene, you've got Barbara and Arthur Mullard doing these wonderful cameos in that very kind of Joan Littlewood kind of way. Um, she's the brassy lady at the uh, at the fairground, you know. And um, I always remember that to people. And I say, you know, don't forget, she wasn't even if she wasn't the star of things. She was always working. She was always in in stuff, you know. Um, and in TV, of course, she was also in Wurzel Gummidge. Saucy Nancy. Yeah, she was the sort of the, the front of the of the um, the ship or whatever it was. The figurehead thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is yeah. where she worked with um, Eunice Stubbs, of course, who was Aunt Sally. Um, of course, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And Joan was in, wasn't it? Joan Sims was in that as the lady of the manor. I think so, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, she, I, when I met her, I remember her, again, I, these are stories I can't tell because I'm a bit old, but I remember her telling me some strange stories about Wurzel Gummidge. We won't go there. But uh, it was, a, it was a, they certainly had a lot of fun making Wurzel Gummidge, let's put it that way, in the late, late 70s, roughly, wasn't it? If I remember right. That's right, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, no, you're right. She's been, yeah, she, she, she's touched. Loads and loads of different things over the years. So, yeah, so a really sad day. Um, going to be sorely missed, isn't she? She will be missed. And there won't be anybody, you know, who, who can ever have that career because, you know, the cinema and everything is, 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 is different now. Um, there will be good, strong, young London actresses that will have good careers, as we know. But she really defined a lot of that stuff. And she defined an era, you know, her persona belonged in the East End that was developing and changing and the high rises were coming up. And, you know, I don't want to sound corny, but yeah, the things ain't what they used to be kind of era is how strong female, young female uh, characters like Barbara started to emerge and had careers and, and, and got out there and lived a life, you know, they weren't going to be housewives. They weren't going to stay indoors and have a baby and just do all that. You know, she was out there to take on the world and by God, she did, you know, she, she went out there and did it. So it's never going to be the same for anybody. Um, and we will remember her forever and very fondly, I think. Absolutely. Andrew, very sad day, but lovely to hear your memories. Uh, thank you. Thank you for asking me. I'm really, I'm really chuffed that you did. Thank you.